to Amenix Day UK. I'm Alicia, a junior doctor working in the United Kingdom. This is my co-host, Jonathan. Hi. And this is my little dog, Delilah. <coughs> we talk all things medicine, medical school and healthcare related. From improving your application to surviving on the wards, we want to bring you on the journey with us. So listen closely, because we're about to spill the tea. So, today we're going to discuss medical electives. We're going to discuss all things about how to plan them, how to fund them, and the highs and lows. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Um, But, before we do that, it's time for the rundown. Cool, so it's time for me to ask you some questions. Um, You're obviously in isolation. How's that going? How's life? Yeah, it's not great. I hate isolation. It's so boring. Okay. It's really bad. Never tried to stay at home this much. So it's a new experience, but yeah, I'm not enjoying it. <laughs> Fair enough. So what have you been up to in this uh, in this period? Uh, All kinds of things, really. So everyone knows I love a good to-do list. So every day I set myself some tasks um, and I complete them. Some things that are cool that I've been trying to do. I'm working on doing the splits. Nice. It's not going too well. <laughs> uh, learned to do the Highland Fling. The Highland Fling? Yeah, I'm not very good at it. Going back to your Scottish heritage? Yeah, <laughs> I am. Uh, my mum's Scottish, for anyone that didn't know that. And um, anything else I've been up to? Just all kinds of stuff like organising and cleaning and not really a lot of medicine, if I'm honest. <laughs> no worries. Uh, and I hear you've got some big news. What's going on there? Yeah, I got a job. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, pretty good. I really like it. I really like all the departments that they're sending me to. Nice, that's some good news. Yeah, it wasn't my first choice job, but actually I think it's probably better than the one that I chose as my first choice. Cool. It was still pretty high up, but yeah, I'm happy. Good. So I like to hear. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jonathan, um, how's isolation going for you? Yeah, I, I've. It's it's kind of been a forced holiday for me in terms of um having to stay indoors and not do anything um i'm not used to taking time off so it has been uh, it's been kind of nice so far i'm starting to get a little bit of cabin fever but apart from that i'm okay mm, that's good that's good and how do you feel about what's been going on in the news with corona yeah i i mean it's been um it's been unprecedented times as everyone keeps saying <sighs> <laughs> I hate the word unprecedented. Yep, I mean, they do say unprecedented a lot. I've, I feel like I've people never don't even heard. know what it means. But are you worried about it, or how are you feeling? Uh, I'm not worried about it in terms of personally affecting me in terms of my health. Uh, I am still young and fit, but I am worried about how it might affect people that I'm close to. Mm. And, and obviously the whole country as well. It's also kind of affecting my business. So, yeah, not a fan of it in that sense. Yeah, I think it's also important to not be too complacent though because just because you're young and fit doesn't mean it's not going to affect you. Of course, of course. I mean, I'm, I'm taking all the precautions that um, I'm being told to. I've stopped going to work. I uh, wash yeah. my hands and uh, I'm staying at home. So I'm keeping all, all those things... Um, I'm following all those bits of advice, so yeah. And what kind of fun things have you been up to in isolation? Well, I have 
been out for some cool walks. I live in the countryside, so um, I can walk straight into the countryside from my house. And I've found out some new little um, cool and exciting walks. Um, I have been learning how to cook a bit better with making my own pasta um, and yeah, just some, some sort of interesting YouTube videos as well that have taught me some new things. Oh, lovely. It's always good to stay active, especially when you get stuck inside. That's it. Yeah. Okay, so next, it's down for the interviews. Cool. So this episode is all about medical electives. So I'm going to discuss with Alicia um, her elective and the things that she got up to uh, on her elective. So Alicia, tell me, what is a medical elective? So a medical elective is part of the medical school curriculum that takes place in the clinical years. So that's when you're a medical student working in the hospital and you design where you want to go and what you want to do. So a lot of people choose to go abroad and you can pick whatever specialty you want to go to. Okay, so basically people will, these um, junior doctors or medical students, sorry, will be effectively working in hospitals um, in other countries, is that right? Yeah, it doesn't have to be in other countries, you can do it in your own country, um, but a lot of people choose to go abroad because that's just a bit more fun. Okay, perfect. Um, so what did you do? Where did you go? Um, so I went to the Philippines, I went to an island called Cebu, and that is the second largest island in the Philippines. And I worked in obstetrics and gynecology, so that's helping to deliver babies and female reproductive health. So I did that for four weeks, and that was really fun. And I got to see uh, lots of babies being born and lots of operations that I haven't really got to see much of before, so it was a really good experience. After that, I then went to a place called Brunei, and I worked in a city called Bandar Syria Bergawam. And I worked in general surgery, um, and it accidentally became breast surgery. Oh. Yeah, my supervisor was a breast surgeon. She was really lovely. Um, but I signed up for general surgery and kind of ended up in breast surgery, which does come under general surgery. But I wasn't expecting that, but it was actually really good and I had an amazing time. Okay, cool. And just for those who don't know, where is Brunei? Brunei is like a section of the island of Borneo and it's quite close to Malaysia um the sultan of Brunei used to be the world's richest man so and they're really like well known for like oil production ah yeah cool. but my family I have some family who are from Brunei and live in Brunei so that's like my connection so I thought it'd be so. nice to go see the healthcare system um in a culture that's relevant to me so that's why I chose to go to Brunei it's quite a rare and like unusual place to go for medical elective but if you're planning one definitely recommend it because a lot of the doctors train in the UK and they follow GMC guidance so it's really easy to um interact and um get involved because they just do what we do here so that was really cool ah that's interesting yeah Did, was it so was it um you know w when you went to the Philippines was that something that you in terms of the medical side of it, was that a completely different experience then from being over here? Oh yeah, the Philippines is so crazy different. Because obviously in hospitals in the UK, we have lots of Filipino staff and they always tell me about their country and how the healthcare system's different. So I, I was aware it was going to be different, but until I saw it, I just 
wasn't aware of how different it was going to be. It's just, it's a private healthcare system, but it's a very deprived country. So you see a lot of like health inequalities where some people can afford really good healthcare and then other people can't afford much. So they just get a less good procedure or less good quality um, healthcare service because they can't afford it. And I don't know, because we are so blessed with the NHS. That's not something I've ever seen before. So that was crazy. Okay. Uh, Obviously, um, as a woman, did you feel safe in that country? Did you feel... Um, protected at all or did you feel like you were quite nervous walking around well I was traveling with my friends so I was never on my own um but yeah I kind of felt on edge but I always felt like that when I'm abroad it wouldn't be specific to the Philippines that I felt scared okay so but, it wasn't particularly bad then uh it was very busy it's probably as busy as New York which is crazy because when you google it you just see blue water and white sand that's it I mean I I googled Cebu before this and it came up with beautiful white beaches and mm. um, beautiful resorts but uh, you were in the city is that yeah so right? the seaside's probably like a 20 minute drive away from near the hospital but the city's as busy as New York and it's like very condensed so I wasn't expecting that so when I got there I was a little bit surprised <laughs> I probably didn't do enough research <laughs> and what um what about Brunei was that a busy city or was it is a very quiet country and it's a very quiet city the capital city is very quiet um yeah it's probably like a busy town here okay and it's is a muslim country is that right yeah that's right yeah so was there um, sort of heavy restrictions on what you can and can't do or was it a bit more relaxed oh so it was crazy in the hospital you're expected to wear sleeves down to your wrists which is a big no in the uk oh the nurse in charge would, like, bite your head off if you did that here. <laughs> <laughs> like, roll your sleeves up. I know, you hear them saying that quite a lot. Never to me, because I just follow the rules. <laughs> but so in Brunei, they're like, you must cover your arms all the way down to your wrists. So that's crazy. I've never experienced that before. Um, how else was it different? I don't know. It's quite similar to the UK, but there's just, like, a bit of a cultural difference. Um, obviously, you can't buy pork. Like, it's quite okay. difficult to buy pork. Um, but that's not really a necessity, is it? No. Um, but, yeah. Oh, excellent. And um, in terms of the food, what was what was that like? Um, in the Philippines, it was amazing. It was so cheap. Like, literally, a meal cost you two pounds. And they just had the best types of food ever. Like, just... Nice. Oh can't even like think how to describe it it's just there's food everywhere it's really affordable and it was amazing no matter what you had and they had like things that we would consider normal like western food like pizzas and burgers and they had amazing asian food and they have this thing that they're really into it's called a uh, lechon it's like they put this pig like a full pig on a spike and they like almost like like a roast hog but it's super seasoned and they just seem to eat those everywhere all the time oh beautiful yeah Sounds if you ever good. go to cb make sure you try it you couldn't go without trying it because they're everywhere. Super tasty. Cool. So that was your um, your elective. Mm. What f- from planning one and uh, and going through with it? What what's your top tips for those who are planning theirs? Um. So I prepared ten top tips. My first tip is to plan early. Um. Some hospitals are really popular, and if you really want to go there you want to give yourself that opportunity. Um, an example is Australia. I know a lot of their big hospitals open their 
applications a year before. So that's something you might wanna take into consideration. My second tip is set yourself some goals. Um, think about what you want to achieve and then you can ensure that you encompass that in your planning. My third tip is you use your elective to rule in and rule out specialities. So I've been considering obstetrics and gynecology and general surgery. So I got a bit more experience in those departments and it's helped me think a bit more about my future. My fifth tip is do your research and a really good source to use is the medical elective network. And that's a really good database of hospitals and what they can provide. So check that out. If you just Google the medical elective, um, it should come up. Sorry, the medical elective network, it should come up. Um, my seventh tip is get good insurance. I dropped my phone. No, I didn't drop it. It just went crazy. I broke my phone in the Philippines and I wasn't insured for it. So I had to buy a new one when I was out there. Um, my eighth tip is consider what kind of country you want to go to. Maybe you're the kind of person that would prefer to go to upstate New York, or you might be the kind of person who wants to live in a hammock in Africa. That'd be very contrasting electives, so consider the kind of country you want to go to for the kind of experience you want to have. My ninth tip is, do you want to do lots of work or do you want to chill? Some electives are very heavy and they expect you to be in at 7 o'clock in the morning and leave about 7 o'clock at night. And some electives will expect you to come in once or twice a week for a couple of hours. So it just depends where you apply and what the expectations are. Definitely take that into consideration. And my last and final tip is you only do it once. So make sure you plan well and early and do exactly what you want to do. Don't cut corners to save money. Just have the experience because you'll never do it again. Cool. That's a, a good list of um, top tips for medical electives. So. I felt like it went on forever and ever and ever. <laughs> but I, I feel like they're really important things that if you're planning an elective, that'd be useful, useful to take on board. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, they all seem like uh, good things to really take into consideration. So, um, We should post the list on Instagram so people can refer to it. Okay, we'll do that. We'll post the list on Instagram if you want to just in your own time read through it. Um, then you can do that. Yeah, and that'll be at UK. Cool. Um, uh, the last thing we'll, we'll look at in terms of the, um, the practicalities of the elective is how do you afford it? How did you afford to go for eight weeks to Asia? Yeah, it, electives are very expensive. Um, I saved because I had a job before I came to medical school where I was able to make quite a lot of savings. So I dipped into my savings. But something people don't tell you, or I had to research myself and find out, is you can actually claim most of your elective back on the NHS bursary scheme. Okay, so um, they cover a lot of the costs. Yeah, so they paid for my accommodation, and I think there's like a set amount you can have per night, and it has to be reasonable. You can't live in like a luxury resort, but within reason, they'll cover your accommodation each night. They'll cover your transport to and from the hospital, because they want you to be safe. And they cover um, the cost of your hospital placement. Excellent. That sounds good. So That was according to 2019. Obviously, things may change over time. Um, but if you just go on to the NHS bursary website, um, all the information should come up. Excellent. And we'll probably post a link to that as well, to the NHS bursary site. Mm. Um, cool. 
your uh, medical elective, what were the highlights of your elective? The highlights of my medical elective were that I got to swim with whale sharks when I was in the Philippines. Wow. That was so cool. It wasn't on my to-do list in life, but when I got there and found I could do it, I decided it's a really good idea. Was it scary? Yeah, it was terrifying because they're called whale sharks and I'm a really big fan of shark movies. So my mind went to a different place. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was really scary. Am I right in thinking that whale sharks aren't actually sharks? Yeah, no, they're just big fish, but they're called whale sharks. Oh, okay. And I think they're vegan or vegetarian. Oh, they're probably vegan. I think they're vegan, so they definitely won't (laughs) eat me. (laughs) They're not. They're not meat eaters, but they'll eat eggs (laughs) (laughs) and milk from cows. From cows. (laughs) Yeah, so I think they're vegan. I think they eat algae. But what? And I knew that before I got into the water with them. And then when I was swimming, my mind went to a place where they were going to either try and eat me or drag me to the bottom of the ocean. Ah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's not a good place to be when you're in water with sharks. No, whale sharks. Whale sharks. Yeah. That definitely once in a lifetime experience. And I really recommend if you ever go to the Philippines to try that out. Cool. Um, I also got to deliver lots of babies. That was another highlight. Nice. That was cool. Because I've considered a career in obstetrics and gynecology. And... It's really difficult to get to do in the UK because we have lots of midwives and lots of training midwives. But in the Philippines, it's kind of considered to be the doctor's job, not the midwife's job. So I got to have lots of hands-on experience and that was very exciting. I now feel like, you know, that movie moment where we're on a plane, like, is there a doctor on board? Can anyone deliver a baby? I now feel a bit more prepared. Definitely not an expert, but should an emergency arise, I have a better idea of what I'm supposed to be doing. Sounds good. Sounds yeah. good. Um, another highlight I had was I made lots of new friends and I tried lots of food and I think a benefit of that was that everybody spoke English in the countries that I went to yeah. I know that's a really privileged way to look at it everyone spoke English but it just meant I could integrate in the team and it made it a lot more useful because before yeah, I was course. considering going to Mexico but they all speak Spanish and that I don't think I would have been able to integrate so well I think that's a practical thing that you really have got to take into consideration yeah. the amount of the language you can speak will have a big impact on what you can and can't do yeah and you've also got to remember like you want to talk to the patients as well and to be a useful member of the team if you can't communicate it the team or the patients you're kind of just standing in hospital not being very useful and I know some of my friends made that mistake they went to Mexico and had that problem so I'm really glad that I um dropped out of Mexico <laughs> cool um any other highlights okay and what about the the low lights what about the worst things I mean there wasn't really too many bad things that happened obviously you mentioned my phone that went crazy when I was out in the Philippines that was just quite annoying um I feel like I spent a significant amount of my elective working, which is what it's about, but I probably didn't do as much travelling as I wanted. And that's because I picked placements that were really work-intensive. I pretty much did 12-hour days, five, six days a week, unpaid. Um, So I was in a foreign country and not really exploring as much as I wanted to. Obviously on weekends and bank holidays, I got to explore, but that was kind of a disappointing part for me. Um, and my second low light is I had really bad jet lag when I got there and then I feel like when I snapped out of having jet lag it was time to come home and then I had jet lag again so oh, I just felt ill for ages oh that's horrible um, well I mean in terms of the the trip in general um, sounds like you had a really good time yeah it was really cool I kind of wish that I had an, ex- an experience of doing an elective again kind of glad I don't because that means I'll be resitting a year 
but it, it really is a once in a lifetime opportunity and I really just want to stress that plan it well, make sure you do exactly what you want, have no regrets. I've had friends that went to upstate New York and got to do really cool advanced surgeries and I've had friends that went to Sierra Leone and just practiced medicine without any tools or equipment or medicine. Like they just had to improvise with everything. So just, I know so many people had really cool experiences and you want to do it right. If you have any questions um, about medical electives, do feel free to um, contact us on Instagram, uh, Medics Day UK, um, and, and we'll be happy to answer those for you. Um, yeah. That's it. At the end of each podcast, we're going to do a, a new section that we're calling Question Time, where we'll answer any questions that you have um, via any of our mediums, such as Instagram. So the first question we have is from one of our Instagram followers and the question is, does the PBL teaching style mean that you do not have lectures and only learn from small groups? So I went to a university that had PBL teaching and I think the thought that PBL style courses don't have lectures is a really bad myth and rumour that has just circulated forever and causes a lot of confusion. Sorry, just to interrupt a quick second. Um, what is PBL, for those who don't know? Oh, yeah. PBL stands for Problem-Based Learning. And just to describe what it is, you meet in a small group of about six to ten people, and you're given a case about a patient who has a problem, and you generate questions together to help you understand it. So an example might be someone has chest pain, and they take a particular medication and they have some symptoms as a group you would create questions like what causes chest pain um what is and then you the particular medicine um what else causes chest pain you know so it just helps you understand the topic um but pbl is additional to lectures it's not instead of okay so i suppose the answer to the question um in a sentence is that that runs alongside the lectures as opposed to being an alternative learning style altogether. Yeah, that that's right. But there's this rumour that circulates saying you only do PBL, but that would be impossible to learn medicine through just PBL. Right, okay. But if you are considering studying medicine in the future, I suggest PBL style courses because of the way it helps you ingrain information sometimes I'm in an exam and a question comes up and I can honestly take myself back to the moment in PBL when we discuss that topic and I'm like I know the answer excellent that sounds good um then the next question we had was um I'm thinking of studying medicine what are the best A levels to take this is obviously from someone who's currently picking their A levels yeah, so it depends what university you want to go to um, for what A-levels you should pick. So some really want you to have um, chemistry, biology and physics and maths, whereas some are a little more relaxed and they allow some of the soft, they're called soft core subjects, such as like art and drama. So it just depends where you want to go. But um, in terms of what's the most useful, I'd say biology is very useful. Um, chemistry is essential because all universities want chemistry. Um, 
but then I would say the other subjects providing the university you want to go to allows you to use those subjects just do whatever you enjoy learning about and whatever you find quite easy because that would just make your situation a lot easier cool which subject just quickly which subjects did you do for a level i did chemistry biology english literature physical education maths and general studies so i did loads you did five A-levels. Yeah, I don't recommend that. Not a good idea. <laughs> don't do that. A really bad idea. Because GCSEs are quite simple, or I found them quite simple, and you think the level's just going to be a bit of a jump up, but it was a massive jump up, and I just don't recommend doing that. And nobody stopped me from doing that, so that was really annoying. But out of those subjects, physical education actually was the most useful. Ah, is that because of the anatomy and things that you were learning about? Yeah, everyone laughs because they took physical education as an A-level. Um, and that really annoys me because they teach you things like the Krebs cycle. So anyone doing GCSE biology will know that's about energy. Um, and you do anatomy and you do all kinds of bodily processes and in a lot more depth than you do in biology. And if you're learning biology A level, you also learn this similar content. So you're learning one thing and it covers two subjects, which just makes so much sense. So I don't know if your universities allow it, sit physical education or just do it for the experience. Cool. Sounds good. Well, thank you very much. And I'll see you next time. Cool. See you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to a Medics Day UK podcast. We upload once a week. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram at Day UK. See you soon.